1: So glad that you joined me today and really appreciate all of your comments on social media. I really enjoy being able to give you just some, some tools during the week that help you be the best version of you. And so I want to remind you again that each week I send out one single email and it's packed with inspiration and resources to help you be the best version of you. And so I want you to sign up um, at the link in my bio and make sure that you get those coming to you. I've also created a free workbook, and that is called How to Be Your Own Change Agent. And it really provides some deep insights into what might be holding you back and how to empower you to make some major shifts, shift changes in your life. So I want you to to certainly grab a a copy of that from the link in my bio as well. So we are still talking about relationships, and I wanted to really talk today about a kind of a serious uh, issue, and a lot of times it's not really addressed, and it is recovering your life after a toxic relationship. Now, one of the reasons why we don't talk very much about that is because toxic relationships are extremely shaming. And so what happens to us is, we think that we should have known better and we say things to ourselves like, why did I wait so long? What is my problem? And then even though the relationship is over, we have this lingering self-doubt that all of a sudden these areas that maybe we felt really confident in, we're now doubting. And then we feel like we need a whole bunch of reinforcement and that always doesn't feel great because nobody wants to be needy, right? So first and foremost you must believe and reinforce the fact that you did not deserve the treatment that you incurred. No one deserves to be abused. And toxic relationships are very stealthy. It's kind of like arsenic poison. You don't even know how deadly it is until you've almost died. And so validating that you were in a toxic relationship is imperative. And the degree of malevolence, sociopathy, narcissism and gaslighting behaviors, et cetera, right? They're not as important as understanding and validating the effect it had on you. I don't want you to feel like you have to become a therapist. And so this is why, you know, it's important to not try to understand why the how you were treated. See, why was I treated this way? How could I do it differently so I'm not treated like that? See, it's a rabbit hole that you don't want to go down. And you'll never have enough information. And even therapists resist not diagnosing their family and friends because we, we're not always sure how much a part of it that we are. So boundaries are very difficult with highly toxic people and malevolent people. And so I want you to consider that we, we as therapists also go talk to our therapy friends that are therapists, right? Right? And, and say, hey, can I just run this by you? This is not feeling right. I don't, I don't want to be over-exaggerating. I don't want to feel like I'm crazy. But this happens to everyone. And so this is why you want to say to yourself, the information is very helpful. And be careful with the judgments that you make about your ex-partner and yourself. Don't try to diagnose. Don't try to figure it out. See, dysfunction is messy. It's very difficult to unravel. So I want you to be careful about that. So I want you to, you know, when you allow yourself to be hateful, disparaging, and judgmental of this person, as well as allowing yourself even to curse this person, I want you to be very careful about that. Because one of the hardest parts about dealing with a very toxic relationship is that we drink the poison. And then we can even become toxic ourselves. So I want you to focus more, excuse me, on the person that you want to be and not the person that you became because you had to defend yourself so often. So let's think about this cursing. Well, I don't, I don't want you to get into cursing people. Now that doesn't mean we don't use curse words because actually they feel pretty good. You know, if you jam your finger in something, if, if, you know, somehow you miss the light, it's a great way to express anger. But when we're actually cursing people, see, we have to be kind of careful about that because many times the curses come back and we end up being somebody that we're not. So this is what I want you to do. Many times the offender gets, and what the offender gets oftentimes is more painful for the offender because they will have to make opportunities to defend themselves. And so this this always looks bad. See, as long as you are taking the higher road, you're not going to be called out by this offender who has no trouble calling you out on things. They're not going to cover you. They're not going to protect you. They are going to use you as an excuse. So you want to take the higher road, not because we're respecting the offender. So truth will be your best friend. This is to be distinguished between your truth and the real truth. See, truth never lies, nor does it change. So I want you to ask yourself, when I get truth, when someone tells me the truth, what does it feel like? Well, even if it's painful, it feels better. So what happens when we are treated this way? Well, it, it begins to erode our self-worth and our self-esteem because we, all, we, we often think, why, why would someone treat me this way? They must be, there must be something I don't know. I must deserve it somehow because why would anyone do that? Well, that kind of thinking right there, I want to tell you, helps you understand you're not an abuser because abusers never take responsibility for anything that they do. This healthy, safe, kind, honest people were the ones that do all the introspection, thinking, what did I do to deserve this? Could I change this? Man, I must have really messed up somewhere. Okay, the abusers, they never think that way. So what happens then is we get this shame issue. And we have talked about shame on this, on this show before. And what happens when we're shamed is, is we kind of lose our zest for life, we end up feeling confused about a lot of things we don't trust ourselves anymore we're not sure who to believe who to trust we get afraid to be vulnerable we don't want to let anyone know what's happened to us because it's embarrassing that's the shaming piece see shame says i am a bad person guilt says i did a bad thing so we don't we don't want to engage in shaming ourselves as the abuser is also shaming us. So we have to be really careful because what happens to us is maybe we get super angry. I want you to be careful driving because you know this kind of anger makes everyone seem like they're out to get you. And we end up being afraid to be vulnerable. So now we even can set ourselves up for lying because we don't know what to do with the pain, the embarrassment, and the shame that we have. And we're also many times afraid people will hear things about us and they'll actually believe our ex. Well, here's what I want you to know. I don't want you to ever worry about that. If people are going to believe your ex, they might not really be your friend. <laughs> okay? It's just, It's really just that simple. So let's talk about this idea, the science behind how toxic relationships affect mental health. Well, supportive relationships are a huge boon to our health. This is how humans are made. We're pack animals. And so we need a pack to belong in, and we need it to be safe, and we need it to be loving and kind and accepting. So all relationships aren't necessarily supportive. And relationships that cause more stress than support are proven to be detrimental to our health. So can a bad relationship cause mental illness? Well, studies have shown that stress levels negatively impact our overall health and stress can increase just about every health issue such as the brain, the thyroid, the immune system, weight problems, sleep, confidence. And so there was a the, Whitehall 2 did a study and it's a landmark body research that followed more than 10,000 people for over 12 years. And confirmed that the link between toxic relationships, stress, and health is real. See, according to this study, those who were in toxic relationships were at greater risk for developing heart problems, including dying from heart attacks and strokes, than those whose close relationships weren't that negative. See, humans have adapted. And something that's called conserved transcriptional response to adversity, okay, I know that's a long thing, But it's a type of gene expression associated with inflammation and low immunity. So if you're being chased by a predator, see, this allows for some helpful short-term benefits, such as increased healing, physical recovery, and the increased likelihood of survival. So what happens is this chronic stress from toxic relationships begins to be something that we think we overcome and that we've gotten stronger because of it. And maybe we have gotten stronger in some areas. But really what happens is there's more contribution to chronic inflammation and adrenal fatigue. So when we're looking at the signs of a toxic relationship, I want you to think about most people know when their relationship with someone is not positive. Now, for some, the toxicity can be so pervasive that it begins to feel normal. Everyone has good days and bad days with all their relationships, and they go through hard times. But see, when you think about when you are with this person or after you are with this person, see, the after effect is always the truth. So join me again in the next segment. We're going to talk some about signs and symptoms that you are in a toxic relationship Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me. And we are talking about recovering from a toxic relationship. So what are some signs of a toxic relationship? See, most of us know when our relationship with someone's not positive. But for some, the toxicity can be so pervasive that it actually begins to feel normal. And we, we get this feeling that, hey, we're, we're getting stronger But I want you to ask yourself, why do I want to be stronger in this area? Why do I want to get strong enough to be abused? That doesn't make any sense. But it does when you're being abused. So here's some things that help us know if we're in a really toxic relationship. So we're physically or emotionally drained of energy. We feel bad about ourselves. We feel like you always, we're always giving without getting anything back. We always feel the other person's taking without giving back. We might feel shunned. We might feel like an an outsider And, and we're not really feeling accepted for who we are. So we start trying to be someone that won't incur abuse. So we also get isolated from friends and family and others that might support us because we don't want anyone to know what's happening to us. Because we're going to feel foolish if they say, why are you still in this relationship? We also are emotionally and physically unsafe or even injured. And we live in constant fear. We can't relax. So if you need, you know, do you, do you need a toxic relationship? Well, I I really like to help people live a life that is detoxifying. On a regular basis and one of the ways that that we work on detoxifying our relationships so that we are not adversely affected by the imperfections of people right is maybe we go and talk to a therapist so that we get a little perspective on it and we don't feel like we're telling on the person you know maybe maybe we just say to ourselves I have one life do I really need to tolerate this in order to have love in my life Do those two things need to come together? So when we look at this, we want to say we have four choices of how to deal with negative or toxic relationships. So we can accept the relationship as it is and be at peace with it. Now that takes a lot of energy. And this, however, though, it really can actually reduce a lot of stress based in trying to change someone else. So I frequently talk with clients about this. I say, you know, you... If you want to stay, then you need to practice complete acceptance so that you don't get your hopes up, so that you don't think, you you know, use your brain to think of ways to change the situation. You simply say, I'm accepting this as it is. So I'm going into it with eyes wide open. I know exactly who this person is and what they do. And I'm deciding to stay until I want to leave. You also in that process can change the relationship by creating some boundaries for yourself. See, remember that you can't change other people, but you can change how you react and what you allow in your life. You can leave the relationship. And actually, sadly, this is usually the best course. See, if the other person's behavior is intolerable to you, what you want to say to yourself is, it isn't like I've only known them for two weeks and I'm being unrealistic We've been together for years and this is not changing and it continues to get deeper and more malevolent because nothing is static. We're either working toward getting better or we are certainly getting worse. But there is no position that is not changing. So since every relationship is different, these options mean different things to each person. So I do encourage you, do not just feel miserable anymore because you're hurting your health and everyone around you. And the people that love you are probably going to have their own exhaustion because of the helplessness that they feel when they see you hurt regularly and mistreated. So you may not be ready to make a decision. But determining the best course of action for, for your toxic relationship, you first need to deal with yourself. So I, I want you to talk to people about this. I want you to say, you know, I don't want you to preach to me. I don't want you to tell me, you know, A to Z what I should do. I really do want you to have some compassion on me, but I have to say this out loud. And this is what I remind clients of. When we talk out loud, we hear what we say. And it's harder to not hear what we say when we talk out loud than it is to ignore thoughts we have in our head. Because once we start talking it out loud, it makes it real. So I want you to talk about it. So consider going to a therapist, a pastor, uh, a life coach, a relationship consultant, any of these people that really have the energy and the passion to go through this with you and then we might need to really work on setting appropriate boundaries because I'm telling you the truth being nice to a malevolent person makes them worse I don't want you to take this person on but I don't want you to think that you somehow can change this person so this is how you give yourself permission to create your own group of people that love you, understand you, don't shame you, recognize that you need time, and and want to go the course with you, want you to be okay. So let's talk about this. What are some some things and how to recover from a toxic relationship? Let's say that, that you ended the relationship. Everybody in your life is super happy for you. And you're still left with, yeah, I'm glad I did it, but what do I do now? I still feel bad about myself. So there's a few things, you know, that that can help us. And, you know, leaving a toxic relationship is really freeing. It's such a relief to escape the constant criticism, the continual conflict, the emotional manipulation, the lying, the gaslighting. And so you end up thinking, you know, what if you discover that you've taken the poison with you? What if you've picked up on habits? What if you've picked up, you know, these negative coping skills? So let's say you're with a really amazing person. You feel really loved by them. You know they're a good person, but you still get really suspicious. So you check their phone, you know, you, you check what's going on in their computer You try to elicit information from their friends because you're trying to feel safe. Can I really trust this person is a good person? So the dynamics that we experience and the negative messages we can hear, it continue to attach themselves to our psyche and it can affect us decades later. Our minds are often the longest captives of toxic relationships. I love that saying. Our minds are often the longest captives of toxic relationships. This doesn't mean we can never be completely free. We can be. I've had many people, even myself, freed my mind from that past relationship. And I've helped others do that. Now, the work is never really quick or easy, but it is tremendously rewarding. And so we want to first and foremost... We're going to talk about some principles that help us in the final phase of liberation. Like how are we going to really reclaim who we are? This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about recovering from a toxic relationship. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. We are in the second half of the show today, and we are talking about recovering your life after a toxic relationship. And it is difficult, and it can be painful and scary, but it will be the best thing that you ever did for yourself. Because this is the, the, the fact of the matter is you did not deserve the treatment you incurred. See, this is this strange idea that somehow we made somebody do something negative or we made someone do something positive. Now, we certainly affect others. We can have a great effect, whether it be negative or positive, but you can never make anyone do anything. It's fascinating. They've done studies about this in concentration camps, in prisons, and people are are held captive and you still have choice regardless of how you're being treated and what your environment looks like and how it feels. So no one deserves to be abused. And toxic relationships, they're really stealthy. It's kind of like the slow poisoning, of, like arsenic. You don't really know how deadly it is until you almost die. And so when we validate that we're in a toxic relationship... It helps us to really understand wow, we can be compassionate on ourselves. Who deserves this? No one really deserves this. And so when we look further, we say, you know, what do we do if we're in a toxic relationship? And we talked in the last segment about this idea of acceptance. And acceptance is really helpful. Now, I I say to people, I, I don't like to help people be accepting of toxic relationships and inappropriate behaviors and abuse. I don't like to help them be able to manage it for the rest of their life. I want to help them with acceptance and so that they can let go of trying to figure everything out. I want, I I help them with, Hey, I'm going to accept this for how this is. I'm not going to be shocked and surprised anymore. I'm not going to have a whiplash every time my partner does something mean and nasty because I know this is who this person is. So we we practice acceptance and tolerance for a short period of time. Excuse me. And that may be, you know, three months, maybe one month, maybe one week if it's physical. It may be six months while we're figuring out how to do our life and how to make sure we set ourselves up for a good exit. Now, if it's dangerous... If your life is being threatened, you know, if there's guns, if there's horrible physical abuse, then I don't want you to wait and try to figure it out so you can have a good exit. I just want you to get out. So what we do is we accept this and we tolerate things so that we can use our energy to better figure out how to create a life for ourselves outside the relationship. Now, we certainly can change the relationship by creating some boundaries. But if you have a highly toxic person, they don't care about boundaries. They don't care at all. In fact, they kind of enjoy busting through them. Now, you can leave the relationship. And, and sometimes it's imperative that you do it now, that you just leave, because it's that dangerous. And it's that dangerous even to your, just your psyche, It doesn't have to necessarily always be physically dangerous. And this is what's tough for us, because many times we feel like, excuse me, if we're somehow not physically harmed, then we're somehow being weak, or we should be able to get over it, or why don't you just tell them to stop doing it, etc., etc. So I want you to be really cultivating this internal world that you would like To have externally. See, if I have a safe internal world, then many times I can create it outside of myself if people are willing to do it. And it's a great way to teach others how to do it as well. So we set appropriate boundaries and we really understand that boundaries are different than barriers. Boundaries are different than walls. Boundaries are permeable. This means that I can change my mind. This means I can adjust. And so we also want to cultivate an inner circle of people who love us and are good at building us up and filling us with positive energy. We want to surround ourselves with people that will tell us the truth, even if it's sad, even if it's embarrassing for us. And so you also create some distance And if you can't, excuse me, if you can't create distance physically, you can absolutely create distance mentally and emotionally. And that's where the idea of boundaries comes in. You're an adult. You have a car. You can always leave. You can go to a hotel. You can stay to friends. Whatever you need to do, you don't have to justify it to other people. So join me in the last segment as we talk more about recovering from a toxic relationship. I hear the whispers in my door. Well, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. And you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Oh, I just thank you so much for all your activity on social media. And the book is almost completely done. It will be out, I believe, in two weeks. I think I keep saying two weeks uh, over and over again. But it really is, I think, two weeks. And so I'm super excited about it. You can always contact me through my email at CynthiaHyatt.com or CynthiaHyatt at com as well. And you can ask for an advanced copy. I love it when people want to read the information and give some feedback and share it with friends. So make sure that you take advantage of all of that. So we are talking about how to recover from a toxic relationship. And I know that we've all been in them and some worse than others. Some are easier to end than others. But toxic relationships are truly avoidable. And many times we forget that. They really are avoidable. But it takes effort. It's not easy. So there's nothing as freeing as leaving a truly toxic relationship. It's such a relief to escape, right? The constant criticism, the continual conflict, the emotional manipulation, you know, but like we were talking about in the last segment, what if you drank some of the poison yourself? So what, what if you've developed some negative uh, coping skills? Maybe you've gotten short. Maybe you've gotten sharp in the way that you uh, talk to people. Maybe you've gotten super defensive. Maybe you're overly private so that it's not even really privacy. It's just impenetrability. Maybe you've come to distrust people. Um, if you're a man and you had a toxic relationship with a woman, maybe you start to globalize and think that all women are like that. If it was a gentleman, maybe you think all men are like that. So now what do I do? Well, I guess we get pets, right? <laughs> Thank God for our pets. But humans need other humans. And so if we don't learn how to feel that, fill that gap, that we absolutely need to be with other humans. And we need the friendship. We need the support. We need the feeling of being known, of being seen, of being wanted. And so pets are very helpful, but they're not humans. And so we really need to make sure that if we've got some toxicity because of a bad relationship, that we want to make sure we're not practicing, you know, the gift that keeps on giving, right? So what we want to say to ourselves is, do we need to make, maybe take a time out from relationships? Because if we've gotten really hurt by lots of toxicity, then we end up creating a tolerance. And we don't really recognize if someone's toxic. Because maybe if we just met them... They are a little bit toxic but we can ignore it because it's not nearly as bad as the relationship we came from so what happens with toxic relationships see unfortunately the toxicity of it often outlasts the relationship itself it's like yeah, i said the gift, the gift that keeps on giving And I know that I have experienced that as well. I've gotten far, far away when it comes to the time, months and months and years from some toxic relationships. But there can still be a little teeny holdout. And it can flare up if I'm not careful. And so you might find that you internalized a harsh voice. You know, maybe you're an emotionally abusive friend now to yourself or an emotionally abusive parent. And now your self-talk carries the same messages and tones that the person that, that abused you originally. Maybe you're, you're starting to talk like your ex-spouse or the, the bad friend that you had or the sibling or the parents. And you, and you find that, you know, your ex spouses like harsh judgments are messing up the relationship that you have with your current partner. And so you might also have left what we call a gaslighting partner only to realize that you continue to doubt what your senses and intuition are telling you. So you feel like you can never trust yourself. So you think the person you're with is good. You know you get some hurt feelings sometimes, but you can't discern whether or not that's just human or if it's toxic. See, we're not, we're never really completely free. I've helped so many people manage to free their minds from past relationships And the work, it's never really, it's not quick, and it's not really easy, but it is rewarding. And so one of the things that we want to practice is being patient with ourselves. Now, this is from, um, I like this guy. His name is Seth Gillian. He's a PhD, he's a uh, clinical psychologist, and he writes for WebMD, and I really like WebMD. And so I follow him sometimes, and I like the things that he talks about. And so one of the things as a therapist that he talks about is that if we're patient with ourselves, if we keep in mind that it takes time to retrain our brain, that we're a work in process, and that messages we received throughout childhood and then in toxic adult relationships can be especially long-lived. So even if the toxic relationship was in adulthood and it was relatively brief, okay, the patterns that you learned still can be hard to break. So I want you to really give yourself some compassion when you find that the toxic relationship is continuing to color your experience, that you're still having negative thoughts, you're still suspicious of people, you still kind of fly off the handle or you shut down really quickly, or this is one of the common, most common um, issues that indicate that you are in a toxic relationship. You learned how to lie. Think about that. Toxic relationships teach us to lie. And that's a survival skill. So I do not want you to beat yourself up if you have found yourself resorting to lying, even on the simplest things. Like someone calls you and says, hey, do you want to go out tonight? And you don't want to hurt their feelings, so you tell them that you're sick. And you're not sick, but you tell them you're sick. See, this is part of coming out of toxicity. Is that it, it's like having third degree burns. It's like someone with a sunburn that people keep hugging. And this is why I want you to be very kind and very gentle to yourself. I want you to adopt a gentler voice. I want you to stop the harsh critical thoughts. And I want you to imagine how it would be. If you were speaking to a dear friend or to your own child or how you treat your pet, that we practice being gentle and deliberate when we are speaking to ourselves. And so we may do things like, you know, if you're used to saying you're such an idiot or everybody's going to, you know, nobody's going to love me or I'm so ugly or all these types of things, I want you to replace it with, hey, everyone makes mistakes And what can I do to learn from this next time, for next time? Or ask yourself, am I treating myself the way I treat my friends? Am I treating myself the way I treat my pets? My husband, my boyfriend, girlfriend, my neighbor? Think about how polite we are to people in the grocery store. We don't even know them. So I remind clients frequently... Why don't you be as kind to the people you love as you are to the stranger on the street? So lead with kindness. Don't wait until you catch that harsh internal voice to practice self-kindness. You know what you've been through. You know more than anybody. And you can be the compassionate witness to your own life, you can be your own best friend. And see, best friends tell us the truth, don't they? But not in a way to demean us or demoralize us or, or to harm us or chastise us. But they do say, hey, you know, yeah, it's probably gone a little too far. So this is why we want to think about, hey, where do I find my strength? And those are things that I enjoy doing, activities that help me feel more like myself. Learning something new that's fun to do. Embracing who you are, not being the person that is, you know, ignoring yourself or distancing yourself from yourself or talking badly about yourself. Be your own best friend. You're with you all the time for the rest of eternity. You might as well make friends with yourself. I can't tell you how many times I say this to clients. I say, you know, you're going to be you forever. So you might as well make peace with you. And be your own best friend, not your own worst enemy that you can never get rid of. So think about this as well. I want you to take heart. See, with attention and practice, really your mind can be yours once again. You can have agency over your own mind and your emotions. And you can stop those old patterns from continuing. And you can refuse to be shamed. And you can refuse to wear guilt that doesn't belong to you. And you can continue to refuse to make sure that whatever the consequence may be is not bigger than the offense. And so this is why it's so important that we take ourselves seriously in this way, that you reinforce the fact you did not deserve the treatment that you incurred. No one deserves to be abused. And, and I frequently tell my clients, I say, you know, and, and I've said this on the show before, this is why I know this is true. Criminals that are on death row, that are going to be executed for heinous, heinous, very ugly, cruel offenses are given a, a dinner before, they, before they're executed, right? They get a meal. And the needle that they use to take their life, they sterilize that needle. They do it perfectly. They execute them perfectly. This is because humans are valuable. So I want you to recognize that you are valuable, You're a one-time occurring person. I want you to take yourself seriously. I want you to be that person inside of you that cares for you, that watches out for you, that loves you, that forgives you. I want you to have that person with you everywhere you go. And I want you to be able to be that person to yourself and to recognize that kindness, security, respect, adoration... Right, Love is not because we're perfect people. It's because humans are valuable and you are valuable. And you deserve to have that treatment. And what we find is that the better we treat people, the better they act. It's that simple. The happier I am, the kinder I am. The safer I feel, the more relaxed I am. And so this is why it's so imperative that you understand that you don't deserve the treatment you incurred. No one deserves to be abused. Toxic relationships, remember, they're very stealthy. They really are like arsenic poisoning. You don't know how deadly it is until you almost lose yourself. And so, validating that you're in a toxic relationship is imperative. And that doesn't mean that you're bringing shame on yourself. Every human is a risk. I say this to clients every day every human's a risk. I think they're worth risking on. But just because I risk on someone and it turns out poorly doesn't mean I'm going to continue to stay with them and try to fix it. It means I'm going to make sure that I fix my side of the street. If they don't want to fix their side of the street, then that's good information for me. So thank you so much for joining me today. Make sure that you are really reinforcing who you are and taking good care of you. You're the only one of you that we have. Have a great week. I'll talk to you next week.
0: We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music